Sorry for the interruption. Coming up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Our podcasts keep community strong, and for the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help keep us going. We rely on the generous donations of the community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Happy listening. 3CR would like to acknowledge the Kulin Nations, true owners, caretakers, and custodians of the land from which we broadcast. 3CR pays respect to elders past and present of the Kulin Nations. We recognize their unceded sovereignty. CR Breakfast. Oh, yeah. Alternative news, analysis and current affairs. Monday to Friday, 7am to 8.30am. Good morning, listeners. You're on Thursday morning breakfast on 3CR 855am. Good morning, Inez. Good morning, Leila. Good morning. Good morning. Um, as you can probably tell, we're pretty excited because it is Radiothon. Woo, woo, woo. I did not have my applause sting ready, but I will later. <laughs> um, yeah, so exciting. It's, it's our June Radiothon month. We're trying to raise $250,000 to keep the station going for another year and keep community strong. Uh, but we also have a bunch of other stuff on for you today in our show because, you know, we wanted to try and mix it up a little, make sure that we have some excellent pledges, plugging Radiothon, but also having a couple of interviews. So maybe we'll go through and each say who we're interviewing. Um, I can kick it off. Uh, we're going to be joined by Elise Bourne from Rahu. And Elise is the Media and Communications Officer at Rahu, or the Renters and Housing Union. And Elise is joining us to discuss the crisis of rental availability in Australia and about the ongoing fight for renters' rights. Um, Elise is also a disability worker and proud unionist and uh, is also hopefully going to tell us a bit about why she loves 3CR. Amazing. Can't wait for that interview. I'll be interviewing Michelle Roger, who is a Gippsland-based disabled artist, writer and model. And she is part of the Emerging Writers Festival by my bed at No Vacancy Gallery and online. So disabled uh, artists with living experience of disability and chronic illness answer the question, what are objects that make up your world? And alongside the photographs, they will talk about body, accessibility, community and tenderness that can accumulate by their beds. That sounds amazing. I also can't wait. And after that, I'm very excited to be interviewing Dylan O'Hara, who is the acting manager of Vixen, Victoria's peer-only sex worker organisation. And we will be chatting about the impacts and obstacles of the Victorian Sex Work Decriminalisation Bill 2021. Yeah, excellent. And it's really exciting to have uh, Dylan back on the show as well, because we've had uh, Dylan and also Gallivanting from Scarlet Alliance on a couple of times. So it's, um, yeah, it's been awesome to be able to bring the organizing they're doing to air. Um, so maybe before we head to our headlines, um, we'll just let you know again how you can donate. So um, maybe I'll kick it off with you can donate by calling now on 94198377. You can also text to donate. Um, do you want to read out the number? How can people text? By SMSing 0488809855. And you can donate online. By heading to www. <laughs> 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 Where is it? I couldn't see it. 
www.3cr.org.au forward slash donate. But we also have a crowd raiser. So if you've seen that link floating around, don't despair. There are two links. So you can head to the crowd raiser as well. And that's givenow.com.au forward slash CR forward slash breakfast. Um, and we might actually just head into our headlines for today. Um, so wait just a moment. I think I've got Emily. Emily, are you there? Yes, hello. Hello. It's so exciting to have you um, join us for the show. Um, uh, yeah, listeners might be familiar with the amazing content that Emily writes as we read them out in headlines. But today we're going to have a live read. So, Emily, take it away with the headlines. So exciting. Thanks for having me. No worries. Uh, okay, so these are the news headlines for Thursday the 16th of June. Uh, listeners, please be advised these headlines include the name of a First Nations person who has died and also include some distressing elements. So three months after the death of Barkindji woman, Lasonia Dutton, her family is still waiting for answers and are calling for a coronial inquest and a more thorough police investigation. The family are pushing back against claims by the police that Ms. Dutton's death was caused by suicide and also reject statements that Ms. Dutton's body had been in the backyard of her home for days. Ms. Dutton's father, Keith, says he's appalled by the way his family has been treated by Wakanya, Wakanya police. Also in the headlines... Amnesty International is urging India's ruling party to stop its selective and vicious crackdown on Muslim protesters following the killing of two demonstrators and the arrest of hundreds of others in the northern Uttar Pradesh state. The crackdowns come as protesters took to the streets last week following a ruling party official's remarks about the Prophet Muhammad, which have also caused widespread outrage in Islamic countries. In other news, the World Food Programme is set to suspend food aid to 1.7 million people in South Sudan as the war on Ukraine sucks funding for crisis-stricken countries and causes the price of basic food staples to soar. The cuts, which a UN spokesperson likened to a form of humanitarian triage, come as drought worsens and food insecurity drastically increases across East Africa, with aid organisations warning of high likelihood of mass starvation in the coming months. And finally, in headlines, with power interruptions forecast around most of the country this week and gas prices skyrocketing, the new federal government is coming under criticism for addressing this crisis with continued investment in fossil fuels. Short-term supply issues are exacerbated due to the massive export of Australian natural gas to overseas markets, an issue that some politicians say can be tackled by prioritising domestic gas reserves. But former Green Senator Scott Ludlam as this week said, these arguments missed the point, and Labor should invest in renewable energy options rather than new fossil fuel projects. The high-profile Scarborough gas project in the Borough Peninsula is one such example of projects Labor is clinging to, despite strong opposition from the Matadunda of First Nations cultural authorities, who say industrial emissions from the project will threaten Murujuga, one of the oldest and largest rock art sites in the world and an incredibly sacred place for Mudadundra people. These have been the news headlines for Thursday the 16th of June, and you're listening to 3CR on 8.5 a.m. Thank you so much, Emily. Absolutely smashed it on your first read, and thank you so much for bringing us such important headlines. I think, you know, we're really keen to... Have a really great time on the show, but also important uh, for listeners to be aware of the fact that we cover, we try to cover some really important topics too. And mm. um, yeah, it is, 
it's always important to make space for these kinds of conversations that I think, um, you know, don't necessarily get the same kind of critical attention on mainstream media. But I wanted to ask you about your experience being a part of the show, because you've had a bit of a unique experience sure. joining us. Yeah, I guess it's been unique because I I joined and then I pretty quickly was uh, got heading overseas for a while. Um, and Gab and, and everyone, you know, including you guys, of course, were, were just amazing in, in, I guess, being able to um, allow me to keep volunteering. So it's been awesome. We've, we've worked across lots of different time zones um, and I've had the opportunity each week to kind of, you know, check in with, as you said, Priya, news that I think is, is um, less, of course, less covered by mainstream media, um, looking at, you know, local angles and um, angles for, I guess, people whose, whose voices are not heard as much in mainstream media. So that's been such a pleasure. And, and then I get to hear it read out by you or some people each week. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's been so nice to uh, hear your voice <laughs> and not just in the yeah. WhatsApp <laughs> group. Um, yeah. Yeah. I keep feeling like it's like um, long time it's not that time for a while. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and this is a little uh, peek behind the curtain for, for listeners. This is, how the, this is how the sausage gets made, folks. Uh, Emily, <laughs> Emily writes us the little headlines and we read them out. That is definitely not us doing our amazing <laughs> research. That's Emily's oh, work. sometimes do it. Sometimes. Sure. Rarely, and you can tell the quality difference. Immense. No, <laughs> That's right. I think together we all make a full, uh, full breakfast. Exactly, amazing, <laughs> a full English. Um, incredible. Well, Emily, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and hopefully we'll have you on a bunch more times, you know, over the coming months, um, to read out the headlines. Oh yeah, I'd love that. Excellent. Well, all have right, a great thanks. day. Happy radio thon. Thank you. Bye. And, yeah, that was Emily, who is uh, um, an excellent member of our crew who does not get enough attention or applause because usually she's uh, squirreling away writing headlines that we then read out and get credit for. So um, do we want to remind listeners how to donate? Absolutely. So you can phone 94198377 or SMS 04888098585. And you can also head to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And just a reminder, there are people here, uh, Gab, to take your call. And um, you don't have to go to air. If you don't want to go to air, I mean, just say just say so. It's fine. Uh, we're not taking everybody to air. You don't have to be put on the spot. We're just asking if people do want to come to air and tell us why they love 3CR. We would really appreciate that. But otherwise, just your money is fine. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, so good to be with you all this morning. I might uh, chuck us a little sting about why you should donate to Radiothon, and then we'll come back to you. 3CR Radiothon 2022. 3CR. Keep community strong. 3CR Radiothon Fundraiser. June 2022. To donate, call 03-9419-8377 or donate online at 3cr.org. Three CR Radiothon twenty twenty two. Keep communities strong. Three CR Radiothon twenty twenty two. Keep communities strong. 
We need your financial support to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon keeps the station strong and enables us to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax-deductible. 3CR Radiothon, show your support during June 2022. 3CR, keep community strong. And we're back on Thursday morning breakfast on 3CR 855 AM. And we're going to put on a track for you. Uh, hopefully this will inspire you to donate. I don't actually know if the, the song name might not inspire you to donate. It's called Hate Me uh, by Miniskirt and Black Winter Wells. But, you know, even if this is, uh, what am I trying to say? This will get you going in the morning is <laughs> basically what I'm trying to say. We're having some technical difficulties, folks. Just give me a moment and we will get back to you. Tune in to Stick Together, all about workers' rights and social justice. 8.30 a.m. Wednesday, 7 a.m. Saturday. Or listen on demand on 3CR's website, 3cr.org.
And we're back on Thursday morning breakfast on 3CR 855 AM. And that was Hate Me by Miniskirt and Black Winter Wells. Just some of the incredible local Australian uh, bangers that you'll be able to hear from your community radio station. Now, I believe we have our first donation. We do. And it is Marissa um, from Doing Time who donated by giving us a call. And anybody can give us a call on 9419 8377, that's 94198377. And then we have Nick who donated via SMS on 0488809855. And his message for us today is that he has donated because 3CR is the only radio show that genuinely supports political grassroots campaign, and he sends lots of love to The Breakfast Show. Oh, excellent. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Marissa. Um, it is so wonderful to have people chipping in. Every little bit helps. Um, any donation over $2 is tax deductible. And really, we're not, um, you know, we're not asking people to... Fork out $100 per donation. Really, what you can afford is fantastic. If you've ever listened to our show and been like, wish I could buy those guys a coffee, price of a coffee. Right. Um, and you can head to uh, our website as well to donate. And that's 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Now, our goal is $1,500. And so far, we have 660 raised. So we've got 840 to go. Um, and this is part of the broader goal of $250,000, which we're trying to raise to keep community strong. Um yeah, it's been fantastic being a producer on 3CR on a couple of different shows, and I'm just so chuffed to be doing a Radiothon show again. How are you guys finding your first Radiothon show? I am honestly excited. Uh, it's so nice to hear everybody's sweet 
sweet uh, anecdotes about why they like the show and also uh, just being able to contribute to a station that really makes people feel safe and like held and that you can bring all your creativity to and even though some weeks it is a grind to get the show <laughs> on uh, it is so, it's always so worth it to be in the studio with all of you it is beautiful. And Leela, of yeah. course, you're our newest member. How are you feeling today? Um, well, it's been very exciting, that's for sure. I think Radiothon is a really nice opportunity to kind of talk about what we care about and what we love. And most of my family lives in Boraloo over on the West Coast. So it's a nice way to be like, hello, this is my life now and this is what I love. <laughs> hello, I'm a celebrity. In <laughs> yes, I don't know if you know. Yes, I'm actually <laughs> on the radio these days. Uh, it's it's just so fantastic as well to be able to connect with other producers across shows like like Marissa from Do and Time, uh, who so generously donated to us and I know I'll be chipping into a couple of different shows as well. We had Ronnie Kareni from The Voice of West Papua on last week saying that people should donate to our radiothon. I think people should donate to The Voice of pa West Papua's radiothon fundraiser. It's all going to the same place, but um, it is really great uh, for all of us to be able to meet our individual targets towards this $250,000 goal. And now we might play you a little bit about uh, our national programs and why uh, they are so vital as a part of the station's ecology. Yeah, let's just say that. Have you heard about 3CR's national programs? Coming at you on community radio stations around Australia, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne. Services will be cut, jobs may well be lost, and workers' entitlements will be undermined. Their basic human rights are as important as everyone else. Over 200 million years, individual species have evolved. I mean, birds were once dinosaurs. Anything nasty online seems to be targeted against women. Muckety is... A bad deal, but Muckley is absolutely not a done deal. You're listening to Women on the Line. Welcome again to Lost in Science. And welcome to another edition of the Radioactive Show. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to Accent of Women. Anarchus Wall this week. Listen to Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. You are listening to Let the Bands Play. Tune in to Stick Together, Worker Stories and Union News. Grassroots Voice is broadcast weekly on the Community Radio Network. 3CR is about community and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. And now we will go to a song to put a little smile on your face, if you will, because uh, the song is called Smile by Izzy, and it is just one of the wonderful songs that we play and supporting local artists in Nam uh, is very important. <laughs> so we are going to put a little smile on your face with Smile. <laughs> I don't hear 
And that was Smile by Izzy. And another way that you can put a smile on the face <laughs> of 3CR. How many times can I say smile in one show? On our collective face. On our collective face. It's one big, beautiful face. <laughs> lots of different features. But together, we make the best radio show uh, across... No. Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Uh, if you want to donate, you can text 0488-809-855. And you can also call us on 0394198377. That's 0394198377. And remember, you don't have to go to air if you call us. But if you want to and you want to shout out why you love 3CR on air, just let um, our lovely phone person gab no uh that's right you don't have to go directly to air but we do have people taking the calls and how can you donate online you can donate online by going to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate that's 3cr.org.au forward slash donate and be sure to nominate the thursday breakfast show when you do so because uh, we all have our individual little targets as part of the broader Radiothon target, which is $250,000 that we're trying to raise to keep community strong and keep the radio station going for another year. Uh, we are 100% listener-supported, and it is so important to, yeah, have all of your support. You're, if you listen to this show, if you listen to any show on 3CR, you're a part of our community, and we value you we really appreciate all of the support that you give us by listening, and we're asking you to dig deep this June to donate to Radiothon. And um, we, our individual goal is $1,500, uh, and we're chipping away at it, chipping away at it, um, but there's plenty of time. We're going to be on air until 8.30 this morning, so if you are keen to call in, you want to text, you want to donate online, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to get your name down and read it out on air. That's right, your name on the radio, right? So exciting. Um all right, and we might go. We might go now to our uh, first interview for the day. So we're joined by Elise Bourne, who's the Media and Communications Officer at the Renters and Housing Union, or RAHU, who is joining us uh, this morning to discuss the crisis of rental availability in Australia, and also to talk about the ongoing fight for renters' rights. And Elise is also a disability worker and proud unionist. Elise, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, excellent. So glad to have you on. So glad to have Raku on again. Yeah, um, for so, sure. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll jump into a bit of a discussion because I also just want to flag for listeners uh, that uh, because Rahu has been such an excellent supporter of this show, we're going to come back around to Radiothon at the end. So stay tuned. This, this is not just a this is not just an interview. This is a Radiothon <laughs> interview. But uh, of course, you are doing excellent work uh, in the rental in, re- in the renters' rights space and. The supply of rental, rental homes in Australia is currently at crisis levels, according to the latest Domain Rental Vacancy Report. Now, can you take us through some of the implications of this for renters in terms of both finding new rentals or having to stay in unlivable conditions, particularly as we are moving into the coldest months of the year? Yeah, so what we've, what we've seen in the media is this housing stock, rental housing stock is being sold by investors to homeowners, you know, like a single homeowner who will live in in their home. And so that's then taking stock off the rental property, which is just ridiculous, I think. It's actually because there's a housing bubble. We've got a small minority of people who control the stock, 
of housing, you mm. know. Um, you've got people that own multiple properties. So the supply shortage is really, I believe, just a justification to jack up rents so that landlords can continue making capital gains while the renters and low-income earners wear, wear the cost of the crisis, basically. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so as the cost of rent rises, renters ultimately have to choose between paying the rent and turning on the heater or paying for medicine and food, which is what Rahu members have reported to us because rent is the highest priority and the largest largest financial expense. If you don't pay rent, the, the consequences are really mm. dire. And realistically, there are 70,000 empty homes in Victoria. So to say that there is a housing shortage is a bit ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as we move into these colder months as well, we're seeing, you know, like terrible conditions with moldy properties, properties that aren't uh, appropriately insulated, where people aren't actually able to move out. You know, renters can't afford to be choosy in this market. Uh, not yep. that, you know, renters have, you know, been able to be choosy in the housing market in Australia for a long time. Um, but we've also seen renters being made subject to increasing scrutiny by real estate agents with more and more personal details being really dubiously requested as part of the vetting process. Um, I was wondering if you could speak to the power imbalance uh, between real, renters and real estate agents here and also some of the protections available, uh, such as Victoria's Equal Opportunity Act. Yeah, um, it makes me think of that viral moment recently where the the renter asked for a landlord reference. Oh um, so that <laughs> I wish I had had a, rem- a landlord reference because I would not have moved into my house if I had known at the time. Um, but in all seriousness, um, people ultimately want to stay in their homes. They work really hard to stay in their homes. They don't want to have to move. Um, people already face many barriers when applying for rental properties as it stands. The process is, um, you know, very opaque to people. Um, So you have to ask, like, why are these stringent vetting processes being used? As, As I said, landlords are motivated by profit for the investment, and so they're looking for the ideal tenant for profit, you know. Mm. Um, And so... People on jobs, Job Seeker or DSP really do barely get a look in. Um, people with disabilities already have barriers in applying to houses. Um, yeah, there's yeah. really no need to be requesting people's social media accounts. Like there, there is the Privacy Act and there is the Equal Opportunity Act to, try, to protect people from discrimination when applying for houses. But if the rental market isn't properly regulated, then how are these things being enforced? Absolutely. And it is just it is just wild to me that, um, I mean, I think that renters in Victoria are protected under the Equal Opportunity Act uh, from being, you know, prevented from accessing or like from, from real estate agents requesting whether they've previously taken a landlord to court. But the, the fact that that is possible in, in all other states and territories, as I understand it, is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I was also wondering if you wanted to comment um, on the new federal Labor government's stated policy approach to housing and housing affordability um, and what Rahu might like to see in terms of a national policy approach that centres housing justice. Yeah, totally. So the Labor, Labor Party has pledged, how much is it, $10 billion to build 20,000 public housing residences in the next five years. 
um, that's not nearly enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a projected 700,000 additional properties to be built in Australia to meet the demands up until 2035. So 4,000 houses a year isn't enough. Um, we've got 430,000 people on the waiting list for public housing. So they've, they've committed $10 billion to build a small amount of public housing and then the investment returns from that is to be transferred into uh, this this board called the NFHIC, um, which is a board of bankers and landlords mm-hmm. essentially. So they're depending on the investment returns to then build more public housing, which seems to us uh, like a dangerous policy mm-hmm. when you could invest money directly into building public housing to house people more immediately. Um, And they rolled out the National Rental Affordability Scheme in 2008. They could probably simply reinvest funds in that to house people more urgently. Um, There are many, many people facing homelessness and loss of community where they're being kicked out of public housing as well. So there's doesn't appear to be much protection from that. Um, so Rahu, what Rahu wants is a national policy to cap rents and to tie the cost of rent to median wage growth and CPI. You can see this with council rates, homeowners who pay council rates. Uh, we'd also want the federal and state governments to commit to large-scale direct funding of public housing urgently. Um, also... Tax reform on negative gearing, disincentivizing um, large-scale landlordism and property portfolios, and those houses that are sim- sitting empty as an investment property, we want to we want that disincentivized so people can live in those homes. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much work that needs to be done, which is why we really appreciate uh, the the strong advocacy work that Rahu is doing alongside the work that you're doing on the ground with folks. Um, and maybe we'll wrap it up by talking about um, the fact that today is our Radiothon show. And I was wondering if you wanted to briefly reflect on Rahu's experience with 3CR and talk about why community radio is such a vital for, uh, forum to raise housing justice issues. Yeah, totally. Well, we've been working together on a few things for a while now. Um, 3CR helped Rahu by a huge help by modding and hosting our online forum we had at the start of the year. Um, You've had many members on your shows before, and many 3CR folks are Rahu members as well, a lot of you. (laughs) Um, And so it seems like grassroots organisations just reach towards each other, like... Mm out of shared experience and, and out of necessity as well. We're not funded by the government or NGOs. So it's like we gravitate towards each other for all those good reasons. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I, I really like your mentioning that uh, there are a lot of 3CR folks who are Rahu members because yeah. it is, you know, uh, renters got to look out for each other. That's why Rahu started. And I think mm-hmm. um, being able to amplify the concerns that, that people who are listening to our show are actively facing in their lives and giving them resources and access to information um, about how they can fight for their own rights is so important. So, um, yeah, before we finish up, um, I heard that Rahu was potentially uh, pledging a little bit of a donation. 
Yes, we are. So we have like our month, our monthly media budget, and we'll pledge a hundred to you guys. Oh, thank you so much, Elise yeah. and Rahu. Um, and finally, where can people find out more about your work and uh, join up and and uh, yeah, follow you yeah. follow you along? So we can be found on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. It's the Renters and Housing Union Victoria. We also have a website. It's Rahu R a h u dot org dot a u and so you can find emails and contact details there and yeah fill out the sign the sign up form become a union member come to a meeting like get involved in your local branch and start talking to your neighbors to sort this out <laughs> yeah brilliant well thank you so much elise um really appreciate that donation on behalf of rahu that's right if you're in an organization you can also donate on behalf of an organization and um look take care and i'm sure we'll be speaking to you soon thank you so much for bye and that was Elise Bourne, who is the Media and Communications Officer at the Renters and Housing Union, or RAHU, who joined us to discuss the crisis of rental availability in Australia and about the ongoing fight for renters' rights. And uh, now we have some donations. Uh, did you want to jump into that, Leela? Yes. So thank you so much, Joshua. We've received a donation from Joshua. And Joshua donated via our... Um, Crowd, our give now, crowd, crowd raiser, raiser? Crowd, crowd raiser, raiser? Yeah. yeah, which is our other online donation option, um, and that is at www.givenow.com.au forward slash cr forward slash breakfast. Excellent, and we also have a donation from Jeff. And uh, thank you so much, Jeff. Jeff donated $30 via 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And you can also donate by texting in. You can text 0488-809-855 to pledge, and you'll get all the information about how to donate. Or you can call 0394198377. That's 0394198377. And now, Inez, we're going to be uh, talking a little bit about your experience at uh, 3CR and uh, playing a couple of little clips uh, from your favorite little uh, interviews you've done. So do you want to lead us into uh, talking about your interview highlights? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to play two short uh, edited clips of an interview that I did with Elise Almond, who is a lawyer at the Villamanta Disability Rights Legal Service, about uh, appeals to the uh, tribunal, as well as a recent interview with Navi Curran, who is an up-and-coming um, like performer, DJ, goddess pretty much and uh, they're both really special to me because I'm really invested in um, disability rights and I've been learning a lot about it um, as well in university and also uh, being able to use that knowledge to support my family too. So yeah, I am going to play those two clips and I'm going to say a little bit about why I love being here. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we'll go into that clip with Elise now. And now we are joined by Elise Almond, a lawyer at Villamanta Disability Rights Legal Service, which is a statewide service that represents disabled people. This includes providing assistance with NDIS appeals to the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. So the appeals of the AAT can be about the supports in the plan or it can then be about access to the scheme in itself. There's been some people saying that they believe there has been a, a direct um, 
instruction within the NDIA to cut plans as much as possible. The NDIA have strongly denied this. You could also say that COVID has played a part. It has made it difficult because when you get to the planning stage, you look at the supports and you, the planner will say, okay, we've well, had 20 hours of OT in your plan. You haven't used any of it. Therefore, surely you don't need it. So let's cut the OT. Where, as we all know, during lockdown, you couldn't go out. You couldn't go out to therapies that were deemed non-essential. You couldn't go out with your support worker or to all these places. So supports that may very well be 100% essential to these participants simply couldn't be used, so therefore were cut and and no longer available now that we are out of lockdown and these people are stuck without their therapies and without their support workers to take them out of the house. So that has certainly caused issues for a lot of people. We're, we're seeing very, very distressed people, unfortunately. We're getting yeah. calls with people who are sobbing, essentially. I don't know what I can do. I need these supports in my plan yeah. now. I can't wait months and months and months. And the wait times have completely blown out with the number of applications. It used to be you make your application to the AAT. Yeah, in about six weeks, you, you might have your first case conference. Now it is four or five months, and that's only the first case conference. There can be multiple case conferences, months in between. You can be at the AAT for two years without getting a result. We're up against, if we go to hearing, it'll be one Villamanta lawyer and, say, 11 people from the NDIA wow. representing or assisting their client. I would encourage anybody um, to make it known to your local candidates that the NDIS and how they planned um, to take the NDIS into the future and how they plan to support participants. Perfect. Thank you. No worries. Bye. Bye. And uh, with that bye of my beautiful past voice, I am now uh, letting you know that we also, just in between those calls, got a SMS donation of $20 and uh, the text... You can also do the same thing. Um, and text 0488-809-855. So that was my interview with Elise Almond, uh, Villa Manta legal rights lawyer. And now we'll be going to my interview with Navi Karan. And now uh, we are joined by an extremely special guest, uh, Navi Karan, who is a Minjin-based trans goddess and an upcoming producer, multimedia artist and changemaker. It's actually a pretty shallow story. I really liked the attention people gave me when I went up on stage and performed, really. And Mm -hmm. that went on for a few years before I started realizing that storytelling is a responsibility. And the practice of storytelling is the practice of culture. Music is so fascinating, and I think music has so much power. I predominantly wanted to begin DJing because... I wanted to play the music that I grew up with, and a lot of it was music from India. You can't just simply go online and be able to download a song and then mix it into something else. And I quite enjoy the magic of that, and especially to be able to perform that. I feel like a magician live, and you know, I'm just, and especially to take care of your audience. I truly feel like an auntie every time I'm either on a stage or I'm DJing because I feel so damn responsible for what I'm doing and to care for everyone who's there and to just create a good space. Curious to know how you go about you know, selecting your tracks and where do you find them? I think to me it comes down to intersectionality. I, In all of my work, really, I'm very curious about whose voice or who is not present in the room and what 
does it take to make these spaces accessible? One of the other things that I'm really curious about exploring through teaching is to give space and representation to voices um, that we don't usually hear in a club or in a public. Or I also think, you know, when I look for music, I'm looking for music that has magic, that has masala, will give people a way of exploring laughter and joy and movement. We, of course, the process of songwriting and producing, we are, so both of these songs, where you're from and so are part of a bigger work called Brown Church, which is a massive theater work that we're in the process of producing. We are not allowed to say yet where we are performing it, but it is happening in September. I can say that much in <laughs> Mianjin. Um, and all of the music will be available as an album just before the show happens. Um, I think this is the first time I'm announcing this publicly. The process of writing it is essentially we want to tell a big story of queer liberation. But thank you so much again for being on the show and bringing such uh, really warm and inviting energy and being vulnerable and opening up. And uh, you can hear all the excitement in your your voice every time that you speak. So I just want to thank you again for your time. Um, thank you so much. And you have a good morning, Ines. And I am having a great morning. <laughs> thank you, Pastor Nabi Uh That was my interview with Nabi Karan. And I also just want to take a brief moment to say how um, how 3CR has really, not to sound corny, uh, maybe I'm a can of corn. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a can of corn because uh, 3CR honestly has made um, such an improvement in my life and it is uh, a place where I actually feel seen and I feel supported and it's just fun to hang out with everybody and be aligned with values and um, you know you spend so much time in uh, white institutions and you just have constant ongoing breakdowns and I it's just a really safe and joyful space and I know I'm not you know alone in that feeling so uh, please donate it means that you know people who don't have a voice um, not don't have a voice but who feel honestly left out in a lot of other spaces can come here and feel um, yeah loved and supported so yeah oh, that's and as that was beautiful um, and we love having you here it's been excellent to have you as part of the crew and people can donate of course by heading to uh, by sorry by heading to our website 3cr.org.au forward slash donate also by texting zero four or eight 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 oh nine eight five five or by calling zero three nine four one nine eight three double seven and we've gotten a uh, a text in uh, sorry a donation in from our previous excellent producer dj extraordinaire before our new dj extraordinaire inez carly that's right Woo! i forgot my little clap wait actually can i find my applause That's right. Carly, what a legend. We miss you so much. You are amazing. We are so proud of you, and I'm so privileged to have worked with you on Thursday Breakfast, uh, especially during the hard yards of the early pandemic. Thank you so much, Carly, for donating $50. Woo! All right. And now we are going into our next interview. So, Inez, do you want to take it away? Absolutely. Uh, so I am joined by the very special Michelle Roger, who is a disabled artist, writer and model, who is the part of the Emerging Writers Festival event By My Bed at No Vacancy Gallery and online. And her practice is ever evolving in line with changes in her body and mediums from photography to writing. And she uses fashion and photography to examine her life, disability and the representation of older disabled women. Thanks so much for joining us here today on Thursday Breakfast. 
Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> well, yeah, I really appreciate your your time. And, uh, yeah, I know I'm so excited to have a chat to you, but could you maybe tell us a little bit uh, about your like your journey as a like an artist, writer and model and how you got to the place of coming up to the event? Um yeah, it's sort of it's been a, a long convoluted path. It, it's nothing sort of straightforward or anything like that. Um I I've always been sort of a creative person but put it on the back burner for years and years and years. And then in about 2006ish, I my body sort of said no more of anything, no more work, no more functioning, really. <laughs> um, and it gave me a chance to reapply myself to the creative practice and using that primarily as a tool to explore what was happening to me and kind of like therapy for myself, essentially. Um, and then over time, it's gone from primarily writing and I was a writability fellow for Writers Victoria and then as more changes have happened in my body it's sort of I've had to reevaluate constantly what I can and can't do cognitively uh, physically and the like and so I've incorporated different uh, mediums so photography painting I create my own walking sticks um, how I shape that is constantly evolving as well. So it's sort of, I always find it really hard to think in, in terms of like a straight line or path or anything to where I am today because it's just been a, a constant evolution, I guess. Um, but it's evolved from that sort of more traditional long-form writing to now primarily what works best for me is a shorter form of writing and combining with photography and I do that primarily on social media so primarily on Instagram so to do the project that's currently up for Emerging Writers works really well for my brain and the way it works these days um, which was combining a photo, uh, a photo and then also a written element yeah, absolutely. alongside it. I think what really stands out about um, your Instagram is you know, that your self-portraits are so bright and so beautifully shot. Um, and also, I think one of your Instagram captions really stood out to me. And you wrote that the relationship, um, you wrote about the relationship uh, between disability and ageing and how you have to negotiate a sense of yourself over and over again. And you wrote, I write her in tears and pain, laughter and joy. I tell her that I love her, all of her, even when I speak words of anger and hopelessness. Could you maybe speak on what does negotiating a sense of self maybe means to you? I think it's something, before I got particularly ill, it's not something I really consciously thought of. Um, but one thing about becoming chronically ill and disabled is that renegotiation of who you are as a person, renegotiation of your place in the world, and for me, I've got a progressive condition that also fluctuates. So I've got a dynamic disability. So who I am and how I function is never stable. Like I, it, I mean, it's not for anyone anyway, but I think when you're disabled and chronically ill, you can't turn away from the fact that your body is changing and your body is different. Like everywhere you go in the world, the world tells you you are different. Um, and the world is not very welcoming quite often of disabled and chronically ill bodies. So you have to constantly negotiate 
within yourself and without yourself um, who you are. And I think for me, particularly now that I'm getting older as well, so I'm 49, I've been chronically unwell for the best part of two decades. And I find there's not a lot of um, representation of older disabled lives. So it's sort of I've gotten to this point in life and I'm looking around going, you know, there's no real paths laid out. There's no real... um, examination of what it means to have a body that's changing not only through my disability but also through ageing as well. So negotiating who I am as a person, negotiating the changes in my body, negotiating how I move through the world, like all of those things are constantly colliding. Um, so, yeah, it's just a, I'm much happier in who I am now, but it's still an evolving process. Yeah, absolutely. I think knowing that it is a journey and I think this leads on to my next question is you know given the ongoing violence against disabled people and chronically ill people and um or people with chronic illnesses sorry and just knowing that it is just constant like um historical exclusion as well as you know knowing that there isn't a lot of uh representation could I maybe ask what brings you joy? Because <laughs> uh, it's such a difficult, it can be really difficult, but it also people sometimes maybe only focus on the negative or what, you know, it almost like a deficit model. But yeah, could we maybe speak about how you bring joy into your life? I think for me, creativity is my joy. Um, I, I think because there's such low expectations on disabled people and what we can do and what our lives are, it gives me or it has given me personally a freedom to just go, well, stuff that. I'm just going to explore my life in a, in a creative sense, how I damn well please. <laughs> um, and so, in a way, the joy of like creating my images or the words I write, I don't have to, um, or I'm not confined by other people's expectations because their expectations are so unrealistic and so, you know, completely removed from my existence that I get to express myself as I want, in a sense. I don't know if I'm conveying that particularly well, but the joy of that and then the joy of connecting with other disabled and chronically ill creators doing the exact same thing, you know, telling our stories, creating our art, engaging with each other on that level. I think there's quite a beautiful, joyful community that's really creative even amongst all the harshness. Um, and I think there's a, yeah, a real... Um, there's an amazing community that I, the wider community, wider society doesn't understand exists, and I think they're missing out, to be honest, because I think the way... the unique ways that disabled people express their joy, I think we're really lucky to have, and I think it's a special gift that we have in a way. Yeah, I think you know, it is lucky to be able to share time and uh, space and energy and knowing that, you know, community and interdependence uh, is so important to disability rights and also joy. Uh, yeah. And I guess just for the last question, could you uh, maybe just tell us uh, how people can go to the event and also if there's anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with? Uh, the event's at the No Vacancy Gallery, which is at QV. 
Um, all the details are on the Arts Access site, and I think they're also on the Emerging Writers Festival site as well. Um, so you can go in person, and what I really love is it's all online as well. So and I think from an access standpoint, it's fantastic that you can go online and you can see the whole um, exhibit, and there's audio descriptions as well and various other um access elements which are all laid out on the site so to make it as accessible for everyone as possible yeah wonderful Uh, and i wish that more arts places would do that (laughs) just saying um used to be great during the pandemic um but yeah so yeah so you can go either in person or online to go and see by my bed which is fantastic Yeah, well, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, be sure to follow Michelle Rogers' Instagram, and we'll have everything linked in the description as well as the uh, event details. So thank you so much, Michelle. Oh, thank you very much for having me. No worries. Bye. Have a good day. (laughs) Bye. See you later. And that was an interview with Michelle Roger, who is a disabled artist, writer and model, about the event they're a part of, By My Bed at No Vacancy Gallery, uh, in person as well as online. Yeah, and just an example as well of some of the incredible folks that we get to have um, on Thursday breakfast talking about... um, you know, about experiences and disabled joy, for example, really gets sidelined in media discussions, um, especially when we've been able to have folks like Elle Gibbs. Um, we've had Molly Hermans on, and it's just been fantastic to speak with people doing such excellent disability justice work, but that is also centered, um, yeah, in models of accountability, interdependence, and community. And uh just wanted to mention that a lot of the people from the Disability Justice Network are actually part of By My Bed as well. So definitely go check them out and also set up a recurring donation. That is right. Um, and also, speaking of donations, uh, it is our Radiothon show. That was a, such a shameful segue. You know what? Just... <laughs> It is our Radiothon show today, and uh, we are trying to raise $250,000 for, um, yes, for 3CR uh, to keep the station going for another year. And you can donate by calling 0394198377, texting 0488809855, or heading to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. But actually, we have a caller who has... Uh, who has asked to come on the air, who is a, an excellent uh, friend of the show and also a community broadcaster herself. Nat, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Good morning. Good morning to you too. Happy Radiothon. It's oh, a very exciting you. time. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm so glad that our Radiothons uh, line up at different times so that we're able to plug each other's uh, stuff. Um, oh, absolutely. Nat, do you want to just tell people quickly who you are and what you do and why community radio is so important to you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so my name is Nat. I um, have a show called Radio Reversal, which broadcasts on 4 Z up here in the Anjan, Brisbane. 
And community radio is really important to me because it is, I think, a really powerful way that we can diversify the conversation. I mean, on Radio Reversal, we try and have conversations about um, about politics and philosophy and theory and current events, but in ways that, you know, kind of platform voices and ideas that wouldn't necessarily get mainstream attention. And also just, you know, being connected to local arts and music scenes and, and getting them out there when otherwise... You know, it would be really hard for them to get any kind of platform or airtime. And that's kind of the radio is that it's embedded in the communities where it's happening. So it can kind of respond to the issues and scenes that make that place what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's been really nice to um, build a friendship, um, but also like see each other's work at, at the, you know, in, in the places that we're at, so from 3CR and from 4ZZZ, and of course, um, you know, we've been lucky to be able to replay some of your content here. Um, can you tell folks why they should donate to 3CR's Radiothon? Oh, my gosh, you have to donate to 3CR's Radiothon because they are bringing you... I mean, I get my news from about what's happening down your way from 3CR and from Thursday Brekkie because Amazing. I know it's going to be... the good and correct and hot takes, um, you know, from the right people. And I think that's just such a hard thing to do. I'm always in awe of how many people you manage to go on your show, how hard you work to make sure that you are giving the microphone to the people who, who really have the things to say that we need to be hearing. And, yeah, people should be supporting that work however they can. Thank you so much, Nat. I really appreciate you making the time to call us. Uh, and listeners should also tune into Four Triple Z Radio Reversal, which also airs like directly after us, but on a Thursday in Minjin. Um, what a great way to pack your Thursday morning. Incredible. That's right. Tune into <laughs> Thursday breakfast from seven to eight thirty in the morning. And now that we're in the ta- at the same time zone, uh, from is it nine thirty in the morning? You can listen to uh, nine till nine till ten. Nine till ten. Okay, fantastic. Well, Nat, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. You have a great day and have a great show. You too. Best of luck. Bye-bye. Thank you. And that was Nat Osborne, uh, who is an excellent, uh, also community radio host up at 4ZZZ in Minjin. And Nat has uh, very graciously donated to our Radiothon appeal as well. And um, how can folks donate to our Radiothon? Well, you can call 03-9419-8377. SMS. 0488-809-855. Oops, sorry. Uh, we didn't have your mic on. Do you want to say that again? <laughs> I was so on time as well. <laughs> you were, and I was not. <laughs> um, SMS 048-809-855. And you can head to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate to donate online. And we might play a little uh, quick little promo to let people know why they should keep donating and then we'll come back to you. Free CR Radiothon 2022. Keep communities strong. We need your financial support to be independent, community controlled and focus on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon keeps the station strong and enables us to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax deductible. 3CR Radiothon, show your support during June 2022. 3CR, keep community strong.
And we're back on Thursday morning breakfast on 3CR 855 AM. It is our Radiothon show, and we are joined by former Thursday breakfaster Katya. Katya, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, breakfasters. It's so lovely to be on Thursday breakfast again. It is so excellent to hear your voice. And um, we wanted to have you on because uh, you were going to gas up the show, tell people what they should donate, and also tell people about a little action that you've got on today. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, first of all, 3CR is just such an amazing organisation. Um, it's just a place in a special place in Melbourne that people with great politics can come together and talk about things that are really important to them and the community. And I don't think there's really anything else quite like it. So, And being on Thursday breakfast was just an absolute delight to be able to um, get together every morning with amazing people and well, on Thursday mornings. But I guess every morning for the other breakfasters and talk about... Um, events and politics and um, issues that are affecting the community. Awesome. Thank you. And speaking of that, because we've got to keep this really short, can you tell people what the action is that you've got on today? Yes. So um, CLC workers are currently um, partnering with the Australian Services Union to negotiate a new multi-business agreement uh, with employer groups. So we haven't had an updated multi-business agreement since 2009. So we're very out of date and Uh, What we're really trying to do is negotiate for better workplace conditions and improve transparency and consistency around pay. So uh, we're asking people to support us by signing a petition, which they can find uh, online. And there's an event tonight at Trades Hall at 5.30 in Solidarity Hall. So come along to Trades Hall and support um, CLC workers. And you can find the information. Ooh, okay. So you can find us by going on Instagram, and I think it's at CLC Workers United. And on Twitter, it's at CLC underscore workers, I want to say. That is correct. <laughs> I'm looking at the links right now. Well, Katya, right. thanks so much. And we'll chuck all of those links in our show notes. Really appreciate yes. you joining us and good no, luck with the I action. I just want to jump in and say listen to Done by Law on Tuesday at 6 p.m. <laughs> we'll be talking more about it. <laughs> excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much. And you have an excellent day. Thanks so much. You too. And that was Katya, who's a former Thursday breakfaster. And now we have, uh, we are going to be joined by Tim as well. So Inez, do you want to intro Tim? Yeah, so Tim is a wonderful listener. And I just wanted to ask you, Tim, how are you going? Why did you oh. want to donate today? <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. Thank you, Inez. Um, I just wanted to donate because uh, 3CR and Thursday Breakfast, one of my favorites, shows and it's just so nice to hear just some yeah I guess a lot of diversity and just a lot of wholesome content in the morning it really gets my day going um I really love yeah the interview with Big Pharma they're one of my favorite bands in Melbourne so that was like really I was beaming from ear to ear listening to that um and yeah it's just so refreshing to be able to turn on 3CR and just hear um yeah diversity and just uh, like engaging engaging content honestly um and, yeah, I'm just so thankful for what you guys do. Oh, thank you so much, Tim. That's very sweet. And, uh, yeah, can we also, how did you donate today? Um, I donated online. Um, so, yeah, so I encourage everybody to, it's, it's really, really easy to do it. Just um, You can call in and do it over the phone or just do it online. It's super easy. Please do it. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you yeah. so much, Tim. Hope you have a wonderful day, and thank you again. No worries. Thank you, Inez.
And uh, just as a reminder, people can donate by heading to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. They can also call 03-9419-8377 or text 0488-809-855. 3CR Radiothon 2022. 3CR. Keep community strong. 3CR Radiothon Fundraiser. June 2022. To donate, call 03-9419-8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon 2022. Keep communities strong. And you're listening to Thursday Morning Breakfast on 3CR 855 AM. That is right. It is our Radiothon month, and we are asking for your donations to keep community strong. Maybe we'll do another little run around. Um, how can people donate? Phone number, Leela, go. So the phone number is 0394198377. That's the landline. And we can text by, uh, oh, you can pledge your text by going to 0488809855. And you can also donate, oh my goodness, you can donut (laughs) online by going to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Or you can head to our GiveNow at givenow.com.au forward slash CR forward slash breakfast. And don't forget to nominate the Thursday Breakfast Crew when you... Uh, when you make your donation, uh, we all have our little individual targets. Ours is 1500 of the uh, all up $250,000 that uh, 3CR is trying to raise. And now we're going to go into another interview, and I will throw to you, Leela. Hello. Okay, so today we will be talking to Dylan O'Hara about the implementation of the Victorian Sex Work Decriminalisation Bill, which was passed in February 2022. Uh, Dylan is a sex worker and the current acting manager of Vixen, Victoria's peer-only sex worker organisation, proudly run by and for sex workers. Dylan, I'm excited to hear that Vixen has recently secured some funding. Could you tell me a bit more about Vixen Services and what the funding means for your organisation? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, am I getting an echo? Oh, no, it sounds okay from my end. And also, hello and welcome. (laughs) Hi, good. Okay, I can hear myself twice, but I'm glad that you can only hear me once. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, look, it's really really exciting. and kind of quite a historic achievement for sex workers in Victoria to at long last have a, a funded, um, peer-only, um, 100% buy-in for a sex worker organisation. Um, Vixen offers a lot of services as part of our funded program. Um, so I guess um, I guess I'd just start by start by saying that you know the, the purpose of a sex workers' rights organisation, um, you know, it's not we're not just a service provision organisation. It's actually about you know community empowerment and mobilisation. Um, so the idea that everything we do is actually shaped and informed by our own community, and as part of that, um, we focused on peer education um, by outreach and drop-in. So we have regular drop-ins at our office space um, for our own community. We go on outreach. Um, we're available to provide uh, information, um, including on the laws, um, referrals to sex work-friendly services elsewhere. Uh, we have a counsellor now, which is really exciting. 
um, events, um, skill shares, yeah, heaps of stuff. Mm, thank you. It's great to hear that, yeah, the funding has given you the opportunity to provide more services such as counselling. Um, so for a number of years, Vixen and Scarlet Alliance, which Vixen is a member of Scarlet Alliance, you yep. have worked together um, towards full decriminalisation in Victoria for a number of years, and the passing of the bill is a monumental achievement. Could you speak to the most significant changes that are being implemented and how these changes might impact those who are working in the sex industry right now? Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, the the Sex Act Decriminalisation Bill, well, now it's an act, actually. So the Sex Act Decriminalisation Act, I should say, look, it's a, it's a really big achievement for sex worker organising um, in Victoria, and it delivers a lot of really positive outcomes for sex workers. I think a couple of things that I would highlight that have come into effect from the, the 10th of May, um, so it's being rolled out in two stages. So the first stage has come into effect and the second stage is but, you know, we've finally gotten into the criminalisation of sex workers living with HIV and into discriminatory um, mandatory um, STI testing laws, um, mandatory condom laws, uh, you know, laws relating to the health and bodies of sex workers that exceptionalised us and stigmatised us and kind of framed us as vectors of disease. Um, so that's really significant. We have the ability to advertise our services clearly now. Um, which was something that we were prevented from doing under the previous licensing and criminalisation laws in Victoria. So there's, you know, there's there's a lot of positives. Um, I guess the thing that is unfortunate is that, as you say, we've been campaigning um, and are still campaigning for full decriminalisation. And, you mm. know, unfortunately that isn't what's being delivered in Victoria. So uh, the, the bill actually still retains the criminalisation of street-based sex workers, which is um, obviously really devastating to our community and not something that sex workers in Victoria are going to accept. So um, we will be continuing to uh, to organise and campaign um, to ensure full decrim for all sex workers. Um, but yeah, it's um, it, it's a really big change. It's a definitely a. I've already, I think I've already said it, uh, called something historic twice, since only being a two-minute interview mm-hmm. so far. But it is it is really a historic, yeah, historic year for sex workers in Victoria. Yeah, it's a huge step in the right direction, and so much work has gone into getting to this point. Um, but there is still work to be done. So could you tell our listeners how we could help as a community build sex worker power and aid your campaigning efforts to fully decriminalise sex work in Victoria sure, and I mean, the I, world I would, and Australia? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was just saying um, decriminalise sex work everywhere. Yeah, Not well, exactly. You know, there's there's um, decriminalisation campaigns in, in so many parts of the of the country at the moment, so it's really exciting. There's a lot of momentum. Um, I mean, I guess first of all, I would speak to any sex workers who might be listening, um, and to whom I would say, please come get involved. Come along to a, a drop in at the Vixen office, or get in touch um, via email at uh, info at vixen.org.au, um, and and yeah, come and come and get involved. Uh, the Vixen Transition Committee. So that's, um, you know, basically Vixen's board. While we're uh, in our current transition towards being an autonomous funded organisation, they're actually looking for new committee members. So if you're a sex worker interested in being involved in the, the governance 
of sex worker organisation. Um, that's a, a really great way to get involved. Um, also in the you know in the push for full decrim. Um, if you're not a sex worker, um, really it's about you know listening to sex workers, um, listening to sex worker organisations, um, you know amplifying our own organising because we are a group of people who are often spoken you know about and for and over. Um, so I guess it's about supporting that, that principle of nothing about us without us. Thank you so much for that information. Uh, and lastly, we really appreciate the peer-led organising that groups like Vixen do, and we love being able to bring issues you're working on to air. Could you tell us a little bit, in honour of Radiothon, about what you're digging um, on 3CR and why folks should donate and also... Will you maybe be making a pledge today? Sure, I can, I can answer that one first. So I would love to pledge $10, please. Thank you so much. Um, and look, you know, I think community radio is so important. I think, um, yeah, there's something really exciting about, um, you know, being able to turn on the radio and uh, listen to something put together by, you know, members of the community that I'm part of. I really love you know, as a trans person, I love the amount of queer and trans content on 3CR. So, yeah, uh, I would heartily encourage people to donate. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me. See you later. And that was Dylan O'Hara, who's the acting acting manager of Vixen, who's Victoria's only, uh, sorry, peer-only sex worker organization and a member organization of Scarlet Alliance, the national peak body representing sex worker organizations in Australia and the Global Network of Sex Work Projects, or NSWP. And Dylan spoke with us about the impacts and obstacles of the Victorian Sex Work Decriminalization Bill 2021. Um, and... Oh, my goodness. The donations, they are just rolling in, folks. Um, I won't say how much, but our very own Emily donated an amount that is hard to top. So encourage people to get in. Uh, I won't tell you how much it was, but I encourage you to try and beat Emily in that donation um, because we are heading rapidly towards our target of $1,500. But, you know, just uh, if we hit that target, that doesn't mean you have to stop donating, right? Like... $250,000 is the goal for Radiothon this month. So thank you so much, Emily. And Peter has also donated $30. Again, thank you so much, Peter. And thank you, Dylan, for that pledge of $10. Uh, now, how can people donate? People can donate either one donut worth or 100 donuts worth to <laughs> 0488-809-855. That's the text number. Yes, and I can see it is a big success. We have received a couple more pledges here, one from... Ria, who has kindly donated $20. Thank you so much, Ria. Thank you, Ria. Uh, one from Austin, who has donated $50. And Austin says, thanks, love the show. Austin, we love you too. <laughs> thanks, Bob. And finally, we have one from Tim, $20 from Tim. Thank you so much. There is no amount too small or too big. <laughs> that is right. Don't feel like you need to put a cap on it. We're coming up to the end of financial <laughs> year, you know. Um, are we? Yes, we are. Um, but I also wanted to play a little message. This is from one of our former breakfasters. 
as well. Listeners might be familiar with Rosie, who uh, we miss very much, who contributed so much to the show, and also who really sort of stepped up from the producer role where Rosie was really behind the scenes in the other room for so long, but then became just an absolute gun interviewer. So I'm going to try and play this voice message now. Let's see how it goes. Let me try that again. Are we hearing? Mm, not yet, but it, the anticipation. This is Rosie. Old Thursday breakfast crew. I'm just dropping by to say, uh, I guess what you all already know, that community radio is extremely important and that it needs our support now. I think after I stopped presenting Thursday breakfast, I became a listener and... Maybe it was then that I realised how different Thursday Breakfast is to mainstream media. Everything about it is more radical, it's frankly better. The stories, the guests, the presenters. Um, But I'm not just here to gas up the Thursday Breakfast team, I'm also uh, here to pledge some cash. So I'm going to be sending two crumpled up pineapples to 3CR so they can keep doing all the amazing and quite frankly, hard work um, that they always do. And you should really consider doing the same if you can. Love you. Miss you, 3CR. Oh, that was so beautiful. And also, how lovely is the ambience of the seabirds in the background? That's right. Someone's on holiday, and we are jealous. But thank you so much, Rosie, for pledging Two pineapples. I only uh, learned what a cheeky pineapple was a couple of years ago. That is $100, folks. $100 from Rosie. Um, So we also have some more pledges and people that we want to thank. Um, We have Sandra, who donated as well. Who's Sandra? Thank you, Mama dear. (laughs) Uh, We have dear Tom. uh, (laughs) um, Thanks, Bob, for donating. Kuda Chinyanganya, who donated as well. Thank you so much. Melina. And also we have uh, someone's mum also donated. Uh, yes, my beautiful mum, Amandeep Kaur, um, donated a bit of cash and said, good job, Inez, love you, darling. So cute. That is the most <laughs> adorable message. I also want to shout out my own folks who donated, my dad and my sister who donated. And also, um, they're not listening to this, so it doesn't make sense to do this kind of a shout out. But happy anniversary, mum and dad. Um, congratulations uh, for staying married for, what is it, 37 years? Wild. Um but they also donated to Radiothon. Really appreciate that. We also got donations from Georgette, uh, from uh, Nick, from Bradley, from Holly, our mold expert who joined us uh, previously on the show to talk about the uh, yeah about the issues of mold in rental housing and is also a Rahu member. Uh, from Nisha Taplial, who very kindly donated to us and is doing excellent work on caste discrimination. And we also had another donation of $30, an anonymous donation from another legend. And, of course, uh, we got $20 from Juliet. So thank you so much, Juliet. Everyone is um, doing such an excellent job of getting us to our goal. But, oh, I haven't gotten the chance to use this thing yet. So if you haven't donated yet... That's the sound of the donations rolling in, and here's the sound of us appealing for you to donate more. I needed to get that in before the end of the show. Um, But it has been 
A fantastic success so far. Uh, just a reminder, even though this is our Radiothon show, uh, the donations will keep, uh, like, we're, we're going to keep trying to get donations for the rest of the month. So how can people donate? People can donate by giving us a beautiful call on 94198377. You can donate online by going to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And you can also head to, uh, oh, sorry, you can also call 0394198377. That's 0394198377 to donate. And, yeah, just so excited to be able to continue bringing community radio to you. This is something we all do as volunteers. We absolutely love doing it. And it's been wonderful to hear from some other broadcasters and to hear from some excellent folks doing community organizing work about why they love 3CR. We love 3CR. We want the show to keep going, if only so that we can continue to uh, cultivate our horrible main character syndromes live on air for you every week. Mm -hmm. Precisely. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much, everyone who has donated. Um, We are just so grateful for all of your support. Um, is there anything else we wanted to reflect on before we headed off? Uh, any other little plugs or shout-outs we wanted to give? I want to give a shout-out to everybody who has ever listened to a single 3CR show, um, and your time is really important and valuable. And Thursday Breakfast might be one of the best shows, but there's also <laughs> so many others on 3CR. Uh, please go have a listen. It's really important to have those community voices. Yeah, just sending love out to our listeners. Um, We really need you and we love what we do. So please help us keep doing that. Excellent. And with that, we might wrap up for the day. So um, we did have a couple of interviews. Uh, First up, we heard from Elise Bourne, Media and Communications Officer at Rahu. And then we heard from Michelle Roger, who is a disabled artist, writer and model, part of the By My Bed at No Vacancy Gallery event. And finally, we heard from Dylan O'Hara, who is the current acting manager of Vixen. Excellent. And with that, we will hand over to a live show of Lost in Science. That's right. Usually you hear them. uh, Excellent, uh, crisp production value produced remotely. But today they're going to be in the studio live. So with that, we will wrap up for Thursday Breakfast. Thank you so much for all of your donations and keep them coming, folks. Bye. Bye. 3CR would like to thank our sponsors, Earth Greetings. Cards that connect, care, and celebrate. Support wildlife and habitat with every purchase. Inspired by nature, giving back to the planet. Learn more at earthgreetings.com.au. 3CR Breakfast would like to thank the New International Bookshop, Melbourne's radical independent bookseller and venue, for their financial support of this program. You can find Nibs in the basement of Trades Hall in Victoria Street, Carlton. Or check them out at nibs.org.au to find more information about upcoming discussions and events. Did you enjoy listening to this podcast? 3CR is a community radio station and you, the listener, are part of that community. Right now it's our radiothon and we need you to pitch in with a few dollars to keep the station going. We can't do it without you. It's easy. Head to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Your donation really matters. Help keep community strong for another year.